Welcome to the Tigers Only Podcast. This podcast is going to talk about fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and everything in between. This is episode one, so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, with episode one, Kelly and I just kind of had a candid conversation about our background in fitness and nutrition and kind of how we came into the roles in which we are today and how we've kind of made this a career and this passion and a lifestyle. So you're going to hear a little bit about Kelly, a little bit about myself. Um, we also picked two or three fitness and or nutrition myths and kind of debunked those for y'all. So didn't go crazy in depth with a lot of science and back research today. Just kind of want to give you a general overview of what to expect moving forward. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy. Give us a listen and we appreciate you. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Tigers Only Podcast. This podcast is going to go pretty in-depth on fitness, nutrition, mindset, and just lifestyle and a bunch of other amazing things that encompass just overall health. Um, this is our first episode, so please feel free to give us feedback, reviews, like us, don't like us, whatever you want to do. Um, today, we're just going to kind of introduce ourselves, talk a little bit about Kelly and I's background, and then uh, we're going to go over some big fitness and health myths that you've probably been misled to believe over the last couple years. Um, and then hopefully you can learn from it and take something away from it. So um, first, let me introduce my co-host, Kelly. Um, Kelly, tell everyone about yourself a little bit. Hey guys, what's up? We are happy to have you with us today and listening to our Tigers Only podcast, like Caleb said. So a little bit about me and my background. Um, nutrition and health has always been important. My family was really into it. We would be like first ones in the parking lot at the gym on Sunday mornings, 10.50 a.m., banging on the door, ready to go in. And it was always really important to us. My mom was the queen of cooking from Cooking Light Magazine recipes. So from a young age, nutrition was important. Health was important. Activity was important. So when I was trying to figure out like what I was going to do with the rest of my life, um, I started out college as pre-dental decided that I did not want to be in school that long as much as it sounded great to work on teeth all day. I just like could not fathom the thought of being in school forever. Um, so I went with nutrition and I thought, okay, I'll either fall in love with this or I'll hate it and I'll change it up. And as I went through my classes, I started to love it. I started to realize how much really goes into it and how important you are as a dietitian, as a part of the care team for clients or patients or whoever you work with. So I finished up my bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics at University of Tennessee and then went on and got a master's of science in nutrition in Birmingham at Samford University um, and did all kinds of clinical practice work throughout that experience, um, over 1,200 hours in different settings, food service, weight loss, hospitals, you name it, I was probably in it, um, even school systems, working with kids in the lunch the lunchroom system and the cafeterias. So, you know, I fell in love with this idea of helping people and, you know, being a support system for people and realized how important my role is as a dietitian through this experience. And so now I just can't imagine myself doing something else. I love it. I love every minute of it. It doesn't feel like work anymore. Um, so it's great. So I will turn back over to Caleb and let him tell you a little bit about his background as well. Well, obviously we have questions about that. So you and your family worked out <laughs> together, together like from a very young age. Always. Literally, really? when I say we would be at the gym Sunday mornings at 1050, we didn't go to church at the time. We would be like banging on the door ready to get. <laughs> we play like basketball for hours on Sunday. 
Um, and then we go get protein smoothies after, like we were in it to win it. It was intense, but you know, it was one of my fondest memories of growing up because it was so simple, but it was time together. We were getting activity in and I didn't realize the values they were instilling in me. And I appreciate it so much more now because it's part of my daily routine. It's not, you know, effort. I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy movement. I enjoy eating healthy. So I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense, but I mean, I, I'm thankful for it now for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So like, that's I think that's a big issue with a lot of just like America nowadays is like, that's not something people instill in their kids. And if, if like you're, you do like your parents grant you with that kind of lifestyle, that's awesome. Um, but a lot of parents like don't enjoy exercise themselves or just people in general don't enjoy it themselves cause they never actually find a way to make it enjoyable. So then they instill in their kids that like, that's something that's like a negative or like frowned upon. So I think it's, that's, that's really cool that you were able to get that experience because like I come from the complete opposite of that. So like <laughs> I grew up really religious. Have you ever heard of Pentecostal Kelly? Yes, I have. Yeah. I have. So super structured, super religious and I'm not knocking religion whatsoever, but it seems like from my experience, at least the more extreme you are into religion, typically like the more unhealthy you are. Um, and it's just because like, you're not seen to be vain. Um, like, and I don't know about you, but when you go eat with your family like multiple times throughout the day, it's not the best food options. Um, so it's very easy to put on weight and like get very uncom- uncomfortable and unconfident in your body. Um, so that's kind of how my upbringing was. Um, super religious. We left the religion when I was like I think sixth grade or something like that went through different phases of thinking I was Eminem dyeing my hair bleach blonde all that good <laughs> stuff um and then finally found my ways to sports because up until the sixth grade I wasn't allowed to play sports because the religion wouldn't allow it um just some of the rules or regulations whatever you want to call them they had um didn't allow me to so when I finally did that I found my love for athletics and then kind of like fitness came in like when it comes to fitness, when someone's telling you to do something, typically like for sports, kind of like despise it. Like you don't want to do it. You just want to play the sport. That's kind of how I was. Um, and then after graduating high school, I went into college and kind of just kind of the same thing. I think I went in for uh, like a physical therapy degree. It was either PT or PTA. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who I was trying to kid, but like wasn't going to work. <laughs> um, like I was taking like medical terminology and stuff, which isn't difficult. It's just a lot of memorization. And I was like, this is what I want for my life. I don't know if I want to do this for the next eight, seven years. So um, bounced around a little bit and then finally uh, f- found a love for fitness more so than anything else. Um, and then kind of switched my degree to exercise science. Um, in that time, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. So I took a year off school and I started like really um, getting into personal training. Shad- I shadowed a trainer for, hell, I think it was like 12, at least a year maybe a little bit longer before I did any kind of hands-on work. And I think that's something people don't do a lot anymore. And it really kind of like takes away from, cause you like how to handle situations with people. Um, because I mean, you can learn stuff from a textbook all day long, but like the same thing with your hours that you had to put in, if you can't implement it, like what good is it really? So um, took off about a year, just worked up pacing stuff. Cause my mom wasn't able to work too much. Went back to school and like, after leaving school, I'm really glad I did because I was kind of burnt out when I went back. I was there to like get it done. Um, and then ended up graduating. I think it was like, God, how long ago was it now? I think it was 2015 
2014. I really, no, it wasn't 2014. I think it's 2015 or 16, actually. So uh, I got exercise science from University of Southern Indiana and then went on to actually start taking on clients. I personally trained like in person for seven years back in Indiana. And then I moved to Nashville about three years ago. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it, like loved it, but like the human interaction, but like just weren't able to help with certain things people needed. So I, I ended up having clients for years when it should have took them like maybe six, seven, eight months to hit their goals and learn what they need to learn. And then that's kind of where I kind of de- started dabbling in the online fitness coaching thing and started athletic aesthetics. So different background when it comes to fitness and like health, like I wasn't taught about like vegetables. I wasn't taught about any of that stuff growing <laughs> up. Like, like pizza rolls were a thing. Um, I grew up pretty poor. So like Idaho spuds were really good making pudding and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's just funny to see where people come from different backgrounds, but still come to the same point of like, this is what I want to do with my life. And like, this is one of the best ways you can take care of yourself. So I think it's really cool. Um, and then there's something else I wanted to add in there about what you said. I think it was about like the nutrition. So, oh yeah. So like, were you guys one of those families that like didn't do a whole bunch of fast food, like your family cooked everything and like all that? So not to that extreme, honestly, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because for so long, and this isn't to be framed in a bad way or like put it back on my mom, like she wasn't teaching me unhealthy habits as a young girl that was so impressionable, but she, my mom did go through a lot of like the fad diets and she did Weight Watchers at one point. I think at one point she was taking like apple cider vinegar shots to (laughs) speed up her metabolism and crazy things like that. And so, you know, I was young when this was happening and I was seeing it and I was seeing the patterns through it. And we really made that turn in that transition when I was in middle school. And that's really when we started eating better, eating at home more. That's when she started cooking healthier meals from the cooking light magazines all the time and things like that. So I think that's part of the reason I wanted to get into this is because I wanted to help people like her realize that there are better ways and healthier ways to do that. And as a young kid, like I didn't really know, but I just saw the emotions that were tied to what she was trying to do, where when something would work for a few weeks, she would be on a high and then it would fall off because she would fall off the wagon and it would drop back down. It, It would be frustration and you know, things like that would come along with it. So I saw that cycle happening constantly in my own home. And, you know, it wasn't, it's not anything against her and what she was trying to do, because she did make the transition and realize that, you know, there are better, healthier ways to do things. And it's a lifestyle change. Like we talk about all the time with our own clients and, Mm -hmm. you know, making those healthier habits and making it a part of your family and your routine. So while the exercise part of it and the activity was always there the eating habits took a little while to evolve I think for us um but I mean we definitely had our share of like fast food Chick-fil-a you know pizza on Fridays things like that but I think we realized what it takes so long for people to realize is the balance you need in it um so that was really good. That's another thing. Like it was good that I learned it at an early age that you can have pizza, but you can also balance it out with healthy meals during the week and things like that. So it was a cool, it was a cool progression for me to watch and has taught me a lot 
as I became a dietitian to have that background as well. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. And it's, it's, it's weird how we're like hardwired to just like want instant gratification from any kind of work we put in. Like I've worked with clients and I've done this myself or hell during quarantine, I just did this like for probably four or five months. I wasn't consistent with eating or tracking. I wasn't consistent with working out. And then I would go on these binges or like two weeks where I'd just like count everything like to the point it was unhealthy and like do extreme amounts of like working out. And then two weeks didn't see a result and because my body's stressed and really pissed off because I'm doing all this change at once. And then I would fall back into a cycle. Um, so yeah, it's crazy how we, we, we don't realize things like that. Like if you want to like have a happy family, you don't get married in two weeks and start having kids. Like if you want a career, it's not something you start a business and you're successful within the first year or anything like that. But it, it's funny that like we look at things within our body like that. Um, I think it comes back to just like controlling what you can control and just expecting that like immediate gratification from it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's crazy that you saw that firsthand because that's what we deal with almost on a daily basis with, with clients and just with people that ask questions. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we could break that cycle in people's mind in a day, we would probably be out of a job, but it'd be an amazing thing to have for people to have. Um, yeah, I was, I was hearing, I was listening to this, uh, podcast earlier today about Atkins diet. And how everyone did it, how it's like, I think they said like, I can't remember, I think they said 13% of America was on this diet. Like, and that's a, that's a large amount. You're talking about billions mm-hmm. of people. Um, and I didn't realize, I thought it was more like keto, but I guess like when you're doing it, like you have to pee on a stick to make sure you're not going into acidosis. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's, it was wild. It was a huge, huge trend. Um, and there's so many questionable claims around what they were having people do. And the research wasn't there at the time. And it's there now that says, like, obviously, that that wasn't the right way to do things yeah. and things like that. But their products are still on the shelves. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I still see it around. Yeah. So it's it's just wild. Like, And I think it's because they had such a big following and people saw success, of course, but then as soon as you fell off of it, then, you know, you can't keep that up long-term. And I think that's where people struggled is that long-term change. They weren't learning, you know, healthy habits and lifestyle changes. It was a quick fix, but it's the same thing. It's that instant gratification and it feels good when it's working. And then as soon as it stops, you have that oh shit moment that you're back in the same place you started. So yeah, I mean, that was a huge, huge trend. And I mean, it's still kind of hanging around, but I think uh, maybe keto is taking over a little bit as far as, as far as that trend goes, but you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. Cause with keto, like with keto, there's like sticks that you can do the same thing on. I think you just swap them inside your mouth to see if you have like ketones in like, Oh Jesus. Uh, we won't get into that. That could be a whole podcast <laughs> on its own. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking the whole time. I was like, how do people think this is going to be sustainable? If you have to pee on a stick to make sure you're not going into like a damaging state in your body, like sustainability is just something people overlook all the time. Um, but yeah, we're going pretty in depth on diets in the first one. That wasn't the point of this, <laughs> um, but um, kind of want to go over 
like just like miss both on the fitness and more so the nutrition side of things that people are kind of misled to believe when starting a journey or hell if you've been in a journey for a while and like Kelly mentioned with uh, her experience of yo-yo dieting within her family like if that's something you've been doing it's typically because you are viewing it as an all or nothing kind of thing um, and just with like fitness and nutrition that's not something you can really do a hundred percent or nothing like there has to be like this good balance of like more so doing things that benefit you and your health but not to the point it's like making you feel like a failure when you don't achieve those things all the time it's just not realistic um people like hold themselves to such a high expectation when it comes to like trying a new workout program or trying a new diet and thinking they should be perfect with it but in reality if you look at relationships your occupation like friendships like has it, have you ever been perfect in your job? Like, have you ever screwed up? Do you just quit a job? Like after the first hiccup, if, if so, you probably would not have a career or a job. So, um, I kind of talk about that stuff really quickly. So Kelly, what are like two or three big nutrition myths that a lot of people are like led to believe that are completely false? So I think one of the most popular ones recently, like as we were kind of talking about keto, is that carbs are the enemy. The carbs are bad for you, that you can't lose fat or get healthy if you're eating carbs or that you need to cut carbs or lower carbs or cycle carbs or whatever it is, that carbs are the solution and the solution is to cut them out. And it's just not true. Carbs are the preferred energy source of the body. And I think that gets lost in all of this craziness when we talk about carbs is that by the physiology of our body, that's the energy that we prefer to use. And that is not just for like movement and activity and exercise. It's to keep your brain working, to keep your kidneys doing what they're supposed to do and your central nervous system and all these systems that thrive off of carbs And so to take those away, your body will start, will turn to these other processes. Like we're talking about like ketosis and things like that, but you know, you can be healthy and lead a healthy lifestyle while eating carbs and you know, you need them in a good amount to keep your body working and moving and things like that. So it's kind of like, why do they get such a bad reputation if this is the energy our body literally thrives off of? And I think it's because we start to label foods as good or bad. And we learn that from a young age. And it's like, why do we have to teach kids so early on that, you know, pizza is bad and that, you know, fruit is good or whatever it is when Wait, it's all did just you know, Did you know that they are labeling pizza as a vegetable now in school systems because there's tomato paste on it? Which is also wild. That's a whole other topic and issue. No, working in the school system was eye-opening in my rotations because, I mean, it's just – it's, it's not great. It's and terrible. we definitely, <laughs> we definitely need some improvements there. That could also be a whole extra episode because I know, and you know, but it's also in the same sense, there's this new app for kids that they can type in a food and get a yellow or red or a green light or like a yellow, like eat in moderation. And while mm-hmm. I like the thinking behind it, it's still labeling as good and bad and creating these unhealthy, you know, cycles in kids' heads that there's good and bad food when really it's all just food. We just have to learn to balance it the right way. And, you know, carbs aren't just pasta and pizza and 
cakes and things like that like fruit is carbs fruit like you know and so it's this messed up mindset that we have vegetables are carbs whole grains are carbs um so there's you know there needs to be balance and moderation in everything i'm not saying go eat you know pizza as your only source of carbs every single day like that's not realistic either but or vegetable yeah (laughs) so you know it's just this prioritizing real wholesome food, but also learning the moderation. But within that carbs are important and they're the main energy source. So I wish that I could erase that from everyone's mind to think that carbs are like the enemy here because they're just not. This may help because people that are like keto warriors, like they're okay. There's a difference between keto diets and low carb diets. Okay. If someone is 300 pounds and they're five, four, obviously they need to lose weight. Their body does not need as many carbohydrates as someone that's a lot leaner because they have a lot of stored up energy that we're trying to use up. So although they may be better like in that, hell, anywhere from like 70 to 140 carb marker, that's still not a ketogenic diet. Ketogenic diet basically in their mind is taking carbs away because your body doesn't need them or and it's like giving your body an alternate source of energy. But here's the thing, your body needs carbs so much that if you have no carbohydrates in your diet, it will literally take fats and or proteins within itself and take it through a a metabolic process called glucogenesis where it changes those two macros to carbohydrates to then be used as energy, right? So for someone to say like, your body, you don't need carbs, it's total, it's total bullshit because your body needs it so much that it takes one thing and changes it to another. And I don't know about you, but why do all that work when you just kill the minimum and give your body what it needs? It's probably going to give you a lot more of what you want in return. So I don't know. That's just something I want to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. And it's like, at what point did we lose the science behind all of it? At what yeah. point did we just start following these things and not thinking about like, the actual facts and the the research yeah exactly it's a quick fix you know and that's that's what we long for is that instant gratification but it's just not the long-term solution and you know i would be impressed if somebody can eat under 20 carbs uh, 20 grams of carbs a day for the rest of their life like there's just and then what about digestion like fiber is an essential thing you need to pass food through your system to be like get like get rid of so i don't know Anyways, <laughs> that's <a> <laughs> Yeah, it's clear how we feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't say I ever hate a diet. I just hate how diets are portrayed as superior, inferior, when they're really not. What it comes down to is just calorie restriction. That's all they are. Right. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what is the second thing? So the second one, and it, oh, these ones really, these hurt me deep, deep inside because <laughs> it's the cleanse, the detox, the juice yeah. cleanses, the, you know, long, long days of fasting for, for days on end. And it's just like, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around because I wake up every single day hungry. And if you told me that for the next 10 days, the most popular is the master cleanse. Let me preface with that. And the master cleanse is combining a super fruit, a super sugar and a super herb. Okay. So basically mixing lemon juice, maple syrup and cayenne pepper. 
with 60 ounces of water, and that's what you have for 10 days. 10 days straight of 60 ounces of this concoction. <laughs> and it's just mind boggling. I can hardly go three hours without eating. And if you told me for 10 days straight, I could only have this. And the calorie restriction is unreal. Like we're talking like maybe from this concoction, depending on how you mix it and things like that, like three, 400 calories max a day. And the longest streak, I saw this earlier when I was doing some research, the longest streak, somebody was on this master cleanse. You're going to die when you hear this number. 372 days straight so like of this cleanse. How did they get, how are they not like diagnosed malnourished and everything and anemic and and like that has to be like a superhuman example of this because a normal human could not go that long without eating real food, but it's just unreal. And, you know, in all these claims that they're making about these juice cleanses and things like that is that it, you know, detoxes your body and gets all the bad things out. So they recommend it after like a banger of a weekend or whatever. If you have an event coming up in 10 days, you know, you can drop some quick weight doing same thing, instant gratification. Um, But, you know, then you start reading more about it and it it says, you know, that, you know, you might feel shaky. You're going to be hungry, of course. And, you know, there's all these other claims that go along with it. And, I mean, it's just unreal. And we literally have kidneys to filter our body for us, to filter out the toxins. Like your body does a wonderful job unless you are in a diseased state, which there's also things to help you with that that are not cleanses and juice cleanses and things like that. Does a really good job of filtering our body for us. And that's why we have them. That's why that is their purpose. Um, So to think that we have to mix this concoction of whatever it is and drink it for 10 days straight just to filter our body is just not true. But so many people try it. It's unreal. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just try diets just to be a part of something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they just want to, everyone wants to be a part of something, no matter how much of an introvert you are myself, introvert all the time. You can ask Kelly, if we're not talking about work, I don't talk. Like I'm just a very silent person. Um, But everyone does crave some sort of, like being included. So I feel like that's where diets get a lot of their ray from. Um, and I think I made a post about like, I did a juice cleanse and lost seven pounds in a week. And then like so, the reach on that was insane. And then when you go on to read, I'm like, I'm fucking kidding. Like you're ignorant. Right. <laughs> people like, I had people in my DMs be like, I did the juice cleanse and lost five pounds. And then literally I just come back like, okay, that's awesome. Did you keep it off? No one did. Like literally nobody. Um, right. This is, this is craziness. Well, and that's the cycle you see with that. Will you lose weight by doing this? Sure. Of course. Will it be a lot of fluid loss? Absolutely. Will it be lean muscle? Absolutely. Like you're not giving your body what it needs and nutrients and protein and, you know, fatty acids and these things that your body needs to function properly. But as soon as you go back to eating real food again, you're going to put it right back on. It's just a a vicious cycle. And so, you know, while you will lose weight, it's like you said, like nobody keeps that off. That's not, you know, it's not the way to do it. Yeah. My thing is like, and I ask people this all the time, 
when they tell me something worked, they're like, oh, I did this, it worked until it didn't. And I'm like, well, did it really work? Because you, right. you didn't succeed. The ultimate goal was to lose the weight, keep it off. So if you weren't able to do that, did it really work for you? And like a lot of people, when I ask them that, they're just like, oh, yes, shit, I never thought of it like that. So yeah, I like that you said that because a lot of people were like, well, can I lose weight on it? I'm like, yeah. Go outside and eat some fucking grass. You could probably lose weight doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's just crazy. Like some people will actually do this stuff thinking it's going to like revolutionize their life. And like sometimes the best way to succeed is the most boring and straightforward approach that you don't want to do because you know it's going to take time. Hands down. That's all it is. It's the same thing with weight training. Like everyone's like doing like all these cool like booty workouts and that's great. Always get some variety in there, but if you're constantly doing the next best thing and you have no like programming, you're not gonna have the results you want. Like the the stuff that works is the stuff that works. Is the stuff that freaking works. Like I can't say it enough. Um, getting kind of heated. So yeah, I agree with both of those. Those are really big myths, especially on the nutrition side of things. Um, so I'm gonna move into the fitness ones real quick. Um, the first one um, is cardio is better for fat loss than any other approach and train. Um, it's not wrong. Cardio is great for losing fat. It, it helps oxidize fat, depending on what form of cardio you're doing. Um, but to say it's the best is, it's kind of misleading. Um, it does burn like calories while you are performing it. Again, depending on what kind of cardio you're doing, but for long-term use, it does get very boring. It does get very monotonous. And your body can adapt to cardio very easily um, because let's be real, your body wants to do everything it can using the less, least amount of energy possible. So if you go on a mile run day one, probably going to suck. You go on a mile run for 60 days, day 60, it's probably a lot easier. And your body probably mechanically and physiologically made it easier on itself to use less energy to go the same distance. Did you go a shorter distance? No, but it's easier. Um, weight training should be included with cardio. Doesn't have to make up the majority of it. Um, if you're a cardio junkie, I know Kelly likes to run quite a bit, um, but it can't be like all you do, unless it's just like a release for you. But for results, basic, basic results, you do need to build lean tissue. Um, and that comes in the form of muscle. No, you won't get bulky building muscle. Women say that all the time. <laughs> um, and if you ever don't believe me, ask a skinny guy who has put on muscle how hard it was to do that because they have way more testosterone than you and still very difficult to do. Um, but typically just a quick fix on this. If you're not doing any weight training whatsoever, just start with the basics, pick two or three days out of the week, go into the gym, just start with a couple different movements, fill it out and build up off of that. If you do two or three days a week versus training and include a decent amount of cardio, you can start to see drastic results. Um, but you can't just do one or the other. One's not better than the other. They work very well together. Um, but togetherness is a solution there. And another big thing I want you to think about is if you're trying to lose a decent amount of weight, how many people have you seen that have lost crazy amounts of weight and then are very flabby or have extra skin? That's typically restrictive diets and a lot of cardio and not um, nourishing their body enough and not resistance training whatsoever. So just a little bit of both is probably going to give you the best results long-term. Uh, the next one, do you have anything you want to add on that? You can just interrupt me like I did you at any time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like what Caleb said is true. Like I'm a big time runner. Like I am 
100% a cardio person, but the biggest changes I've seen in the past two years, like looking back on pictures of myself is adding in strength training. And I was the same way. And like, I'm in this field and I still thought like, I don't want to be bulky. I don't want to be ripped, like, you know, and get these big shoulders and, you know, whatever. And when I started adding resistance training in with my cardio, my runs got so much easier. There was such a big improvement in what I was doing. And just like you said, like even aesthetically, like in looking at my body, there's a huge change. But for so long, I like fell into the same myth that everybody else does that cardio is superior. And if you're trying to stay in shape or get in shape or whatever, that all you have to do is go out for a few runs a week and like, you'll be good to go. And I, you know, what did it, was it working like to an extent? Yes. But you know, when you add in that resistance training, they pair so well together that when you do both, you see results much faster and you get results that you would not get with cardio alone. And so I think that's kind of what, you know, even like as a female, like I'm not bulky, like at at all, you know, but I do resistance train and it's good to be strong and to build those muscles. Um, and then, you know, I, of course, like you said, like I top it off with cardio. Like if you text me, I'm probably out for a run, but (laughs) you know, to, to do both is where, you know, the mind shifts the, you you know, you have to shift your mindset, um, into pairing them well together. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uncertainty behind it too. Um, I see this more so in women as compared to men when it comes to weight training, um, but it's very, they're very uncertain about what's going to happen. So they kind of just push it off. Like everyone's been told before, like, if you want to lose weight, go on runs, go on walks, do stuff like that. And you'll lose weight. Obviously, like we talked about, you will, but then it comes down to what is your body going to look like once you lose that weight. And people are very uncertain about what's going to happen. Um, and I can promise you it's very hard to build muscle. So if you don't want to get bulky, don't worry about it because you probably will not ever unless you're just a genetic freak and you're eating a crap ton of food. Um, yeah. And I think too, like you talked about like an uncertainty and I think there's like a certain level of discomfort when you've never yeah. done strength training before, like a gym can be intimidating or just starting to do resistance training can be intimidating for so many people. But what have you ever done that has led to great success that wasn't uncomfortable at first? Like at some point you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and get in there and just do it. And I think for a lot of people like going for a walk or going for a run where you can go outside when there's not a lot of people around or getting on a treadmill, you know, is, is the easier solution, but you know, nothing that's worth it is ever easy. So, you know, I think that also has something to do with it, especially like as a female, I see that a lot in other women, like, you know, feeling uncomfortable or not as secure in the gym and not knowing what to do and how to move the machines. But, you know, you just have to push yourself out of that comfort zone and learn how to do it. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. So Kelly and I, when we first jumped on here, we're like, yeah, we'll go 20 minutes. We went way over that. (laughs) I feel like that's going to happen quite a bit with us. Once we get going, it's hard to stop. Um, I have two more points I want to touch on real quick. Uh, on fitness myths. The next one is the idea. I think it's like the all or nothing principle, kind of the same way with food is that you have to do work. You have to work out like six or seven days a week. And again, it's not true. If you are working out zilch right now, zero, you can go work out once or twice a week and begin to see results. Now over time, you will have to increase the frequency and or the intensity 
which basically means make the training harder, uh, switch up the stimulus or increase the amount of times you do it per week. Because again, your body will adapt to it, right? So you do have to push the envelope, but to say right off the back, you need to work out six or seven days a week. I think that leads to more failure than anything, right? Cause it's not embedded in you. It's not put into your schedule making seven to eight hours a week for weight training or running or whatever, when you're doing nothing is very hard to do if you're already a busy person. But with nowadays, everyone works from their phone, their computers, everyone's always constantly thinking of work and busy. Um, but to start with the basics, start off just a couple of days a week, build something off of that and make it more sustainable. Um, because the six to seven days a week is kind of just like a crash diet, but with activity, right? Um, so implement two days a week starting out and then kind of go from there and see how you feel after that. Um, last but not least, it's kind of like the juice thing Kelly talked about, but is like this superior want or desire for a, like a supplement that's going to fix you. Um, I feel like supplements are marketed very, very well um, because they can make you think, take this pill, take this powder, you will get jacked, you'll lose a lot of fat. Um, and I don't know about you, the only thing I've ever seen do that for anybody is a little substance called steroids. That's the only thing that's ever done that. And that usually doesn't come in a pill or a powder. Usually it's something you have to go through a little bit of pain to do and inject into yourself. So um, supplements are not regulated by the FDA. Typically, I want to go on record saying that because a lot of people think like they're very safe and sound. And if Kelly and I wanted to go make a supplement tomorrow, we could. And we probably would not have any backlash at all until someone sued us got hurt and then we could just file bankruptcy run away with our money and we're good to go um, <laughs> that happen. have you ever heard of oxy elite pro no i haven't what did they do it's a diet pill um that was around in like early 2000s and like around 2000 actually not early 2000s like 2012 um i worked at gnc as oxy elite pro is this fat loss pill this thermogenic um, and they had one three dimethylene in it, which is a substrate or in very close relation to like amphetamines, right? Yeah. So you're not hungry. You have a lot of energy. You're going to go run around and do a lot. And what people were doing is like one dose. Okay. Now I'm used to this. What should I do? Well, you should cycle off and then come back onto it. Um, mm -hmm. and they'd be like, okay, well, I got double the dose now. I want to feel it. And I'm going to triple the dose. And they actually had people that would do this and then go do activities and have like heart failure. So then obviously they were getting sued. They had to pull it off the shelf. And then like, I'm pretty sure that line closed out. They might still be around, but I know they lost a lot of money and people were actually like buying it in bulk and still selling it online for like 200 bucks a bottle. Oh my God. Yeah. That <laughs> is wild. Like black market yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's no supplement that's going to change your life. There's no supplement that's going to change your physique overnight. Um, supplements are something that sh if you're just now starting, they're not something you should think about literally probably for the next three to six months. Um, just working on your fundamentals with nutrition and getting activity in are going to be your best solution for long-term. Um, if you need more assistance after that, a couple I recommend, um, are greens or a multivitamin, just because it is very hard if you are busy to prepare two or three servings of vegetables a day, a greens powder can typically replace one of those. Um, and then you don't have to get two in a day. They don't usually taste the best, but if you can get them down, they are a big help. Uh, multivitamins do well, uh, pretty good as well. I just 
seen a lot better absorption in myself and saw some studies that the greens powder is a little bit better because they can pack a little bit more into it. Um, the next one is a, a probiotic. And there's been a little bit of back and forth on this too. Um, but when you take any kind of antibiotics or you have any kind of gut health or you drink alcohol or you're stressed or something, all your immunity and the bacteria in your gut, there has to be a higher ratio of healthy bacteria compared to obviously bad bacteria, right? Um, and when, as you go throughout life and you put your, your body through hell, that bad bacteria sometimes raises up higher and that healthy bacteria takes a big, big hit. And that's typically how you, you get sick more easy or easily throughout your life. Um, but it controls a lot of things like a digestion and stuff as well. So probiotic just puts your, your gut in a little bit better place when we're talking about digestion, immunity, and all that good stuff. So that's something I recommend for anybody, not just someone that's going on a weight loss journey. It's literally anybody that comes on mm-hmm. coaching with me. I always recommend a greens powder and then a probiotic. Um, the other one is for people that struggle getting protein in, and that's just a protein powder, um, isolate, vegan, whatever protein works best for you, your digestive tract. Definitely recommend trying them um, just because what you will realize going through this whole process, it is very hard to hit the amount of protein that you will need in a day uh, to meet your macros. Typically for most people, it's anywhere from 0.7 to 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Um, And for a female that's what, let's say 150 pounds, 150 grams of protein is pretty hard considering the national average in women in America is like 50 grams of protein is a third. So tripling that overnight is going to be very difficult. Protein powder will help substitute some of those things. And they're just very convenient for most people too. And you can get very versatile with them as well. Um, I forgot about this one, but the last one, if you live in places like Nashville or in the Midwest, (laughs) that's not close to any body of water. You probably need to supplement with some kind of omega, um, omega three, six, nine, or just three, six, whatever. Um, Mm. And the reason is you're just not getting a lot of that from your diet, right? Now, unless you're eating like fresh fish a lot or you're eating tuna, um, typically you're missing out on those omegas. And I'm pretty sure you can get those from like chia seeds and stuff as well. But that'd be like the only other one I would recommend. And that's optional. If your diet is rich um, in seafood, then probably not something you have to worry about. But those are typically the three supplements I recommend. Anything other than that, it's not a necessity. Pre-workouts are not a necessity. If you need them to get energy to work out, that's fine. Um, just don't take so much caffeine that you shit yourself at the gym. It's not, it's not going to be good for you. Um, but like everything else, like fat burners, weight gainers, I just, that's just not a necessity. That's stuff you can definitely get from your food and then grow and expand from there. So do you have anything you could want to add to the, that or the six or seven days a week? No, I mean, I think um, so many times, like with supplements and vitamins and things like that, we get so lost in the mix of all the mixed research and things like that. But, you know, the ones that Caleb talked about are the ones that we feel strongly about, that they are necessary and they have the research to back it. And the evidence is there, the studies have shown, um, and like, even the fish oil, like for so long, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But when you sit down and you read the research, it's crazy to see the differences it can make. And so these aren't things that we just recommend because they sound good or because we think that they might help. These are the ones with the research and the evidence to back it. And the same thing with the probiotics, like gut health is so important and has 
so much to do with our overall health and we're learning more and more about it every single day. Gut health is a huge topic right now in research and clinical trials and things like that. Um, and like Caleb said, like your good bacteria needs to outweigh that bad bacteria. And once that, that ratio has switched the other way, it's hard to recover and it takes time to recover. And we have a lot of clients that are recovering it right now and they want the immediate results. And that's not what you get with gut health. It takes a long time after you've had poor gut health to recover it. So if you're in a good place right now, it's the right time to start on these probiotics and things like that to make sure that we stay in that good place. Um, So those are so important to overall health and way more than a lot of people realize. Yeah. We need to do a whole episode just over gut health because that's something that a lot of people don't realize that they have issues with. Um, Like a lot of people, if they have stomach issues, they'll go by... um, what is that drink everyone gets? Kombu- they'll buy kombucha. Kombucha. Drink it once a week and be like, why am I not better? Like right. it, it takes consistency over time. So that's why I typically recommend probiotics just because they're easy to do. You can take a little pill, you're good. Um, as compared to you, like if you want to get it from a diet, you, you really can. You can, you have to eat stuff that's mm-hmm. fermented. You can get kimchi, you can do all these things, but it's just harder to do on a regular basis. And let's close out by saying like, have you ever had a bad story about using any kind of supplement? A bad story about any kind like of supplement? Like a bad reaction. Bad to any supplement? Not any that I've ever taken. I've not taken okay. any crazy ones though. Have you? Oh yeah. Like men, <laughs> like guys are just very like impressionable. So like if you have a guy yeah. that you want to look like saying, take this, ask, say less. Like they're, when I first started out, there was this pre-workout called Size On, and it's by uh, Gaspari Nutrition. I don't know if they're an entity anymore. Um, but basically, there's a lot of creatine, a lot of carbs, um, and a little bit of caffeine. And I remember every time, I thought this was normal, every time I'd take it, I would go to the gym, and then within the first 10 minutes it kicked in, I'd be in the bathroom for like 20 minutes straight. I'm not kidding. Like No way. Swear <laughs> to God. Swear to God. Um, and it's because there was just so much creatine and carbohydrates that like hit your stomach and yeah. it's like, no bueno. Terrible. Liquid did you keep taking it? Oh yeah. Yeah. They told me to, so you still did. <laughs> it's fine. It's just a side effect. Power through. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> That's really good for your gut health. <laughs> and then, um, Yeah, really. I'm sure that was great. <laughs> there's another one that a lot of men take. And again, I was very impressionable. It's when I worked at GNC in college. It's called Yohimbi. Have you heard of that? No. <laughs> okay. So Hemby's like a root extract. And what they said is like, it helps with like hormone levels and helps you burn fat and build muscle. And by no means was I overweight at the time. So I have no idea why I was interested in losing fat. Um, I was just comparing myself to people in the fitness industry that when I was starting out and what a lot of people won't tell you is that if they have single digit body fat and they're shredded year round, there's typically a little extra performance enhancing uh, things going on which is fine. Do your own thing. But I was comparing myself to that. So I'm like, okay, I need to do something. So I took this thing called Yohimbi and like I had the worst reaction. I was at work, someone returned it and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to try one. And like, (laughs) I ended up puking at work, like in the middle of a conversation with like a customer, like I almost puked on them. I had like the sweats, like I felt like I was getting the flu, but it was just because it's Yohimbi. So (laughs) that's one way. Oh my gosh. But I quit taking that one. 
that's what I quit taking I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like where our difference in background comes from. Like you came so much from the fitness background and yeah. I came from the opposite where I was in like this science-based background saying like the FDA does not regulate any of these. So I was like yeah. staying no. far away from all of yeah. that. Like it was like not even taking a chance on it because you know, and I think that's where we can bring two different interesting perspectives to every yeah. health and fitness topic we can come up with because you came so much from that background and have tried all these crazy things. And yeah. I was like, nope, not trying any yeah. of it. I'll just keep, I'll drink some coffee maybe before I go to the gym and I'll be good to go and that'll yeah. be enough. <laughs> well, you mean the Mr. Olympia tells you to take this and you look like him? Great. <laughs> Even though he's yeah, like a foot shorter it. than me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Oh I want to order it right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you all for listening in today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Give us reviews, ratings, whatever you want. Share it if you, if it touched home with you, um, we'll be recording an episode every week. So look forward to the next one and we will see you all next week. See y'all later. Bye.